Thank you, brother. Thank you, ladies. All right, all right. Who all's going to heaven? Y'all say uh, amen. amen. Why are you going to heaven? Because of Jesus, amen. Because of Jesus. Is there any other way? Is there any other name given unto men by which men shall be saved? No, not at all. Until then. You know that, that little word, until. There's something to say about these little words in the, in the scriptures. The word like if. You know, we talk about it when we read through certain passages. The, that conditional phrase that if you search for it, if you seek it, if you cry out for it, if you lift up your voice, if you tune your ear in, if you search for it like hidden treasures, then and only then will you understand and know the fear of the Lord. Those little words mean a whole lot, don't they? Until, until. How many of you ever heard that phrase used in the, the world we live in? Like, until the cows come home. Back in Louisiana, when Danny Simon lived down there, there used to be a saying about the New Orleans Saints winning the Super Bowl. Y'all remember that saying? What was it? The Aints. What they say if New Orleans won the Super Bowl, they'd say if Saints wouldn't win the Super Bowl until hell froze over. Y'all remember that? Danny, you know he, he Danny didn't want to say it. You didn't want to either, huh? Because well, that's un, that's that's not true. That ain't never gonna happen, right? Man, that's what the whole point of the saying was. Back in those days, man, when everybody wore a brown bag over their head. Y'all wore the brown bag? They would try to give saints tickets away back then and people wouldn't even take them. They were so bad. They wouldn't, didn't want to know they was a saints fan. But that word until, what's another little phrase you use or you heard that would go with until? Like until the cows. Until pigs fly. Until. As our song, until then. Well, you know, the scriptures refer to that on several occasions. Use that little word, until. Matter of fact, it was in our reading yesterday. Go look in Matthew chapter 22 and look in verse number 44. And I think that's what we're going to look at today. That word, until, and the couple times that we find through the word, of course, we're not going to exhaust uh, the word on all the times, but I'm going to give you several very fundamental, crucial important times that we find this word until being used in the scripture. Verse 41 of Matthew chapter number 22 says this. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them saying, what do you think about the Christ? That word Christ means the anointed one, the one for whom God set apart and was sending to the world with a purpose, the Messiah. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, he is the son of David. So what Jesus does, as he has been doing, I, I think y'all probably noticed this as you've been going through Matthew, Jesus always drew from the truth. He always drew from the scriptures. 
Very rarely do we see the society around him. That would be the scribes, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these different ones, the priests, they rarely ever drew from the truth. Now they drew from tradition, but not truth. And we want to continue to learn how to trade our traditions for what? For truth. Jesus always went back to the truth, to the Word of God. He drew from the Word of God. I was riding yesterday bringing Stephanie, and I was listening to that song, How Deep the Father's Love. And boy, those, those words in there, and every time one of those stanzas would bring a message about uh, the redeeming work of Christ, and I was able to grab that and tie that with a passage of Scripture of truth, I couldn't do that 25 years ago. I couldn't do that when I was a young man, a kid growing up. I couldn't do that. I didn't know the Word. I was in darkness. I didn't know it, but God's given me light now. And I tell you, I don't know how I'd live without the light of the revelation of God. Amen? That sheds light on these principles and truth. And that's what Jesus did. He shed light, God's light. He says in verse 43, He said to them, How then does David, the Spirit, call Him Lord? How did David... By the Spirit, in the truth, call Him Lord. And He took a reference out of Psalm 110. And He says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until... Some translations use the word till. Until I make your enemies your footstool. Verse 45, If David then calls Him, that would be Jesus, Lord or the anointed one, the Messiah, how is he then his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare question him anymore. He just kept shutting them down. Shutting them down. Shutting them down with what? The truth. He kept shutting them down with the word, with the scriptures. But notice, verse 44, The Lord, that would be God, Jehovah, Yahweh, said to my, that would be David, Lord, that was prophetic toward Jesus, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies, Jesus' enemies, your footstool. So here's a picture here that we have of a prophetic reference that the Father is going to be at work making the enemies of Jesus subject to Him. And He's going to put them all subject. So right now we see this word until, but I'm going to take you back and we're going to make a little journey back in Matthew and kind of work our way up to this point of how Jesus used this word until and see how it can apply to our life right now. Go to chapter number two, chapter number two, Matthew chapter number two. He's brought this up on several occasions already. Chapter number two. Look in verse number 13. Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 13. Now we're going to, I think we're going to learn something about this small but yet powerful word and how we need to approach this in the same light that we find this direction given to these men. Now here's Joseph. He was not Jesus' biological father. Who was Jesus' father? God was. Not Joseph. Verse 13 says, now when they had departed, behold, and what is that word behold? That's a what? That's a faith word. Miss Alona asked me, she sent me a text yesterday. She was with us 
the week before last, and she was here on Wednesday night. We came across an Old Testament passage out of the book of Isaiah that was referred to in Matthew 12. Uh, excuse me, Isaiah's passage, it says, Behold, what God was going to do with his servant. And I asked that same question. What, what is that word, behold? What kind of word is it? And everybody said, it's a it's a faith word. Well, Miss Alona never said anything. She texted me yesterday. She said, when I was with y'all on that Wednesday night, and you asked about a word, I think it was the word soul. You asked what kind of word it was, and everybody said it was a faith word. What do you mean? What, what was that? I meant to ask it in, but I forgot, but it came, I got to thinking about it this morning. Can you tell me what it is? And I said, yeah, it wasn't the word soul. It was the word behold. Now, you can see how soul and behold can be easily mistaken. But I explained that principle to her, and she said, yes, that, that makes perfect sense now. I was wondering what y'all meant when y'all said that. But verse number 13, he says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child. Who was the young child? Take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there. Stay there what? Stay there until I bring you what? Oh, now here, here, here's the thing. Here's the principle. How long shall we stay where God sends us? How long? Until we hear a word from God. So wherever God plants us in life, we stay there until we hear a word from God. Wherever God plants us in a fellowship, we are in that fellowship until we what? Hear a word from God. Wherever God plants us in a job, we're on that job until we what? Hear a word from God. Wherever God sends us and to whom he sends us to, we are to stay and do what he sent us to do until we hear a word from God. And that's exactly what took place in Joseph's life with Mary and the child. And the thing is, we take Jesus wherever we go. Amen? Amen. The other day, Brother Shannon and his son Christopher was putting in a fan. And I got to talking with them. And I said, Lord willing, we'll see you on Sunday, brother. And I said, um, he said, yeah, I think we're going to have a few folks out on Sunday. He said, Karen's leaving and this one's leaving. And this one's going to be going on a trip. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, but you know what? What's more important than anything is not if this person's here or that person's there, but if Jesus shows up. That's what makes the difference, amen. amen. He doesn't need Brother Shannon to show up. And he doesn't need me to show up. And he don't need you to show up. But we do need him to show up whenever or wherever we meet him, amen. amen. And you know what? He shows up because we what? We bring him. We bring him. We bring him wherever we go. Joseph brought the child wherever he went. And he said, stay there until you get a word from me. And that's exactly what Joseph did. The angel came to him and told him those that wanted to kill the child, their life, they had died. It was time to go back. And that's exactly what took place. So until we'll stay right where God has us planted until we what? Hear from Him. See, if, if we start operating outside from hearing from God, you know what's going to wind up happening? We're going, we're, going to be, we're going to be frustrated. We're going to operate without peace in our life. 
We're going to operate without the joy of the Lord upon our life. Why? Because we're getting ourselves outside of God's will. Because God's will will always be attached to God's Word. Amen? You remove the Word, you remove yourself from the will of God. To be in the will of God and to enjoy and celebrate His will, we have to have a clear Word from the Lord. Why? Because it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And faith only comes from hearing. And that hearing comes by hearing a what? A word from who? A word from the Lord. So we stay where He sends us until we hear a word from Him. Okay? Let's look at our next place. Go to Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. Look in verse number... I'm going to just start reading in verse number 17. Matthew 5, 17. Sermon on the Mount. Jesus wanted to make it very clear. Remember, He lived Himself on every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord. He based His entire mission and message on the authority of the Word of God. When he dealt with men or when he dealt with the enemy, Satan himself, Jesus always communicated the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So he wanted them to be very clear in this what he was coming to do. Verse 17, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy them, but I came to what? Fulfill them. You see, it's in Jesus that we see the fulfillment of the Word of God. And if we are going to fulfill it according to righteousness, we, we, we've got to be in Christ. We need to be in His Word, to be in His will. Verse 18 says, For assuredly, I say to you, until, here it is, until heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will not by no means pass from the law until all is what? Oh, man. So, here's, the, here's how we want to apply this. How long then do we then rely upon the Word of God? How long? Until. Until. Jesus said, heaven and earth will not pass away until every single word, every prophetic message, everything about Him is fulfilled in Him. So we have no worry whatsoever about what's to come with this earth that, that we have. You know, we live in a day in that we need to be good stewards, no doubt. We need to be wise in the things we do. We don't need to abuse ourselves. We don't need to abuse one another. We don't need to abuse our, our climate either. But we don't have to be afraid of a, a global warming and a catastrophic event taking place because of our stupidity. Heaven and earth will not pass away until every single word that God proclaimed is fulfilled. You can rest assured on that. You don't have to worry about what is going to happen to this earth 
The key is, is knowing what God said, knowing that Jesus is going to fulfill that, and He wants to use each one of us to see that fulfilled, and that only happens when we are relying upon His message. So how long do we rely upon the Word of God? Until we don't have another breath. Amen. It's going to be our life source. Man shall not live on bread alone, but what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Man shall not live on ice cream. Boy, this was good ice cream right here. <laughs> you didn't throw that out, did you? Bam, Palmer. Had to get a clean dish. Well, you put it in another clean dish. <laughs> Nobody had eaten it since Wednesday, so I've done tapped in at a time or two. <laughs> I'm home by myself. Yeah. <laughs> You did. I just kept it in this freezer. And that ain't a far walk for me. Amen. It takes me longer to go to Sonic than it does go over here. So, Oh, man. <laughs> man shall not live on bread alone, but what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Jesus taught us this, that what God says about something is more important than whatever he's talking about. Whatever God says about your life is more important than your life. What God says about our marriages is more important than our marriages. What God says about us, and that's what we want to know. What has he said about us? What has he said about my life? What has he said about our marriage? What has he said about uh, our our work in the, the mission that he's given us? Because whatever he says is more important than the food we eat, more important than the uh, the, the drink that we consume, it's more important than, than everything. That's why we want to know what he says, believe what he says, and rely upon every word because God's going to fulfill his word. Amen. You could rest assured God follows through with everything he does. God finishes everything he starts, and God will fulfill everything he says. And you can guarantee it. Amen. Amen. We can rest in that. So if God says, I am what I am, I'm going to believe what he said. I'm going to rely on that, even though it may not look like it in my life right now, because that's the, just the neat thing about it. God speaks those things which are not as though they were. That means that he, I, I may not be what I need to be, but he says I can be what I need to be, and that's what I need to believe rather than what I am. Are you with me? So we trust Him. We rely upon His Word until we have no more breath. Amen. What's another passage? Look at Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Look in verse 21. Matthew 18, 21. So if, we, if we're going to rely upon His Word, that is to know it and apply it, that includes it all. Amen? Amen. Look in verse number 21. Then Peter came to him and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As he listened to him, Peter says, I mean, up to seven times? Peter was kind of putting, I mean, he was stretching it in his mind 
but he was still putting the limit on it. You figure your brother sinned against you seven times. How many more times is you, are you going to let him sin against you? I mean, there comes a point. But Jesus said to him, I do not say to you the word up to seven times is the word until seven times, but until what? Seventy times what? Oh man, he's throwing some numbers up there now, isn't he? Jesus said that, hey, I don't just, not just up to seven times you forgive him, but up until 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold along with his wife and his children and all that he had and that the payment be made. The servant, therefore, he fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will repay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. He released him and forgave him all the debt. Clean the slate. But that servant went out, and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me for what you owe. See, that's the idea that Peter get to a point that how many more times do I got to forgive? Well, he's fixing to illustrate this to him. So his fellow servant fell down and at his feet and he begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he wouldn't have patience with him, but he went and threw him into a prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servant saw that he had, what he had done, they were grieved and they came and told the master that he had all that he did. And the master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servants just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until, until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not what? Forgive his brother of his trespass. How much has God forgiven us of? Huh? Say it again, Miss Barbara. Everything. He's forgiven us of what? All. All of it. He's cleaned the debt. He's washed it clean. So therefore, what should our forgiveness look like with one another? Now, we've got to keep in mind, forgiveness doesn't always equal reconciliation. Forgiveness doesn't always equal trust. Now, your brother can sin against you 70 times 7, and you could forgive him and be released from him, but that doesn't mean you have to trust him with your resources. You don't have to trust him with... With this or that. There's a difference between gaining trust and receiving forgiveness from somebody. Are you with me? I can forgive you, but you may not be trustworthy or accountable. And Jesus teaches us to even be cautious with a fool and giving a fool something that he can't handle. So I, I've got to recognize that just because I'm released and released you from a debt that you've owed me doesn't mean that I have to loan you money again. I can forgive you and we can be clean on that, but I don't actually have to trust you to keep doing what you're doing. Amen. But I can forgive you. Amen. You see, for me to love you and for me to be a blessing to you, 
I've got to forgive you because if I don't forgive you, that's going to put a what? A wedge in there and I'm going to mistreat you. I'm going to be bitter with you. I'm going to be frustrated with you. I'm not going to be patient with you. That's a great indicator. How many, is there anybody in your life right now that your patience is running very thin with? Because that's an indicator that you're struggling with the area of what? Forgiveness. You can forgive them. You want to release them of that. Now, to be reconciled with them, of course, they got to come to you and confess and ask for your forgiveness and you're back on good terms with them, but you still don't necessarily have to entrust things or certain things with them. But you don't have to mistreat them. You don't have to be impatient with them. You don't have to uh, be a harm or a hurt to them. You just know in tough love that I can't give you what I gave you before because you're proving yourself wrong. I love you. I'm, you're forgiven. Your debt's clean. We're in good standing on that. But at the same time, you're going to have to gain some trust with me for me to put something back in your hands again. You understand with me? Amen. So right now in your journey... And our journey, is there somebody that just gets under our skin? Is there something about them that we're showing them a lack of patience? And we're not looking out for their best interests. Matter of fact, we're just anticipating a great problem to take place. And it's, it's going to blow up at any point in time. Well, how, how, how long uh, or how far should our forgiveness go? Until there's nothing left to forgive. We just forgive. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus forgives you? Amen. Amen. Not just the one time forgiveness, but he just keeps forgiving us. Amen. Even Jesus takes things at times from us because of some of the things that we've done. And we've misused and wasn't faithful with what he gave us. And therefore he can pull things away that, that he can, he does. So we ask the question then, how long do we keep forgiving? How long do we keep forgiving? Until. Until. Until there's nothing left to forgive. Amen? All right, let's look at another passage. Go back to 22 where we started out. He says... Verse 44, And the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. This had to happen through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Right now, where is Jesus sitting? At the right hand of the Father. What is Jesus doing right now? He's making intercession for us. The second thing He's doing is He's making subjects. He's making subjects of the kingdom. God is taking hostile enemies and turning them into subjects of the kingdom. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Watch what's got to take place. 1 Corinthians 15. This passage is brought up in Acts, in Hebrews, that Psalm 110 that Jesus quoted. 
is brought up on several occasions. But 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 25, gives us a great picture of this. Matter of fact, I'm just going to begin reading in verse number 24. 1 Corinthians 15, 24. Scripture says, Then comes the end when He, that is the Son, Jesus, delivers the kingdom of God to who? To God the Father. When He, that is the Son, Jesus, puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power. We can say right now, Jesus is in the process of changing lives, making people who used to be rebellious to the kingdom, He's making them subject to the kingdom, making them warriors for the kingdom, making them champions for the kingdom. But there's coming a day when every king and every leader and every authority and every government will all be subject to Him. He's going to put them all under His authority. Every, from heaven and earth, everything is going to be placed under the feet of Jesus. Verse 25 says that He, the Son, must reign until He has put all enemies under His feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is going to be what? Death. That's going to be the last. When there is no more death, when there's no more to die, and death is done, and He puts death under His feet. Death still reigns right now over, over the, 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 the people of the world. Amen. Still reigns. But there's coming a day when death's going to bow and be done away with, and death and the grave are going to be cast in the everlasting lake of fire. It's all going to be made subject to Jesus. This is what the Father's doing right now. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, verse 27. For He has put all things under His feet. The Father has put all things under the Son's feet. But when He says all things are put under Him, it is evident that He who put all things under Him is accepted. That is, that God, verse 28, Now when all things are made subject to Him, then the Son Himself will also be subject to the Father who put all things under Him that God may be all in all. God's got a plan and He's working it out. And all God's people said? Amen. Now the key is, I need to know Jesus is my King and that I am subject to Him. And then we ask the question then, how long, how long then should we serve Him? How long should we serve Him? Until. He's the King, Amen until everything is put under His feet. This is the plan of God. This world belongs to my Father. Amen. This world belongs to my Father. And He's using the Son, Mama Rob, to make it all subject to Him. And when the Son's done that final work of making everything subject and under His feet, the Son then will take everything that He has conquered and He will turn it over to the Father. And that will be in the everlasting domain that we will live in. Amen? Amen. So how long do we serve Him? Until. 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 Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. 
Look in verse number 18. The only way to put things under someone's feet, you've got to give the one you put in, sitting on the throne that you're going to put under his feet, you've got to give him authority. And that's exactly what the Father did. Matthew 28, verse number 18 says, And Jesus came and He spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Who gave Him that authority? God the Father gave Him that authority. And He has it. Now, Rusty, I want to just make sure He is my authority. Because that, He's going to make everything under His authority. I want, to, I want to trust Him right now before that is too late for me. Verse 19 says, if that being the case, Jesus then said, do what? Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And he says, lo, I am with you always, even what? Until the ends of the world or the ends of the age. So we got to ask the question, how long do we make it a priority to go and give our support to make disciples? How long? How long do we go? How long do we give our support to go? Until the end of the world. Amen? Until. Until the end of the world. Mm. Until the end of the world. Until the end of the age. Amen. How long we go, Brother Shannon? Until. How long we give our support to go, for others to go make disciples, Until. to teach disciples, to equip disciples, to mobilize disciples. How long we do it? Until, Until the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Until the end of the age. Until. How long are we to serve Him? Until. Until. We've got to go one more. We're going to jump out of, we're going to carry it over. We're going to jump out of uh, Matthew. Go to Isaiah chapter number 6. Isaiah chapter number 6. Y'all having as much fun as I am? Until. Isaiah 6 is that beautiful passage where Isaiah seen the Lord high and lifted up. God touched him, cleansed him, done a work in his life, and Isaiah's immediate response to God's question, God says, who will go for us? Who will go? And Isaiah's response was, I will. I'll go. Isaiah 6, he says, I will go. Notice what verse number 8 says. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I. Do what? Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. And he tells them what he goes to tell them. Look what verse 11 says. Then I responded to the Lord and said, Lord, how long shall I go? And he answered what? Until the cities are laid waste and are without inhabited. Until the houses are without a man. Until the land is utterly desolate. So we have to ask the question, Keith. Not only how 
long do we go and how long do we make it a priority to go? But the question is, how long and how far do we go until there are no more people to tell the message to? That's exactly what he was telling Isaiah. He says, until the cities are desolate and there be no more people to disciple, when the stadiums and the parks and the cities and the schools and the universities and the countryside and the homes and the communities and the churches are empty and void of people, we have a mandate to go as far and as long as we need to until. Amen? Amen. Isaiah said, how long, Lord? Until there are no more people to tell the story. We're just we're storytellers, amen? amen. And all we do from day to day is go tell the story that God has written over our life. Go tell the story of Jesus. We just retell it, we rearrange it, we repackage it from day to day, but we're telling the same story again and again, as far as He sends us, wherever He sends us. However long He sends us, how long do we stay in a place? Until we hear the Word from Him. How long do we rely on the Word of God? Until we have no more breath. How long do we serve Him? Until the end. How long do we make it a priority to go and give our support? Until. Until. How far do we go? Wherever their people are. That's how far we're to go. Amen? Amen. Amen. Boy, that little word until. It's a lot in there. God packed a lot into that, that, that little word that he throws in our lap from time to time. He doesn't do it all the time. But he's done it enough to make a difference that we can say until then. Until then. We're going to keep going, keep serving, keep trusting, and keep telling what He's done in our life. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank You today. We thank You that we know these things, that You have helped us understand them. We want to apply them in our daily life. We want to be used as different makers in everyday life, and we just want to praise You and give You glory and thanks. I thank You for helping us. We need your help right now. We want to be able to forgive those that have crossed us, trespassed against us, misused us, abused us, took advantage of us. They may have done it again and again and again. But you told us that we're to forgive until there's no more reason whatsoever to need to forgive those who have trespassed against us. So I pray that you give us discernment, give us wisdom, and that we just keep doing what you've asked us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.